Ah, uh, yes. The 14 teams to make the playoffs. The best of the best. The elite. The legendary. The... How did the Bears get here? Packer Nation! Welcome to another episode of Podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. I've never been so happy to not see the Packers play this weekend. Grassi! And today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Usually, we do the top 10 power rankings every week, but I was just like, Tom, it's the playoffs. Time to do something special. And so we are going to rank all 14 playoff teams. By the way, I, I still hate the fact that there's 14 teams in here. Just wanted that to be known. Before we get to that, I want to do a big shout and thank you to some brand new patrons and YouTube members. First, over on the Patreon side of things, we have Tom Inns, the Woodhead, and Tom Grassi's number one Broncos fan. Aw, Brandon Perna, you didn't have to give me money. And joining the Grassi Posse membership over on the YouTubes, we got only in Pigsit. Pigsit? Pinata, but a big shout out and thank you to you. So this upcoming weekend is gonna be the first iteration of the new playoff rules in which you are gonna have six wildcard games on wildcard weekend, 14 teams overall, with only the first seed in each conference getting a bye. And oh boy, I am ready to stream them all. So let's take a look at where all of these teams stand in which I'm gonna rank them from worst to best. Starting off with number 14, you got the Washington football team. I'm sorry, Wildflower. Ugly ass game. Just pitiful. Really, really bad. The Washington football team has a losing record. And by the way, <laughs> by the way, this I can't even make this up. The Washington football team put out a, a hype video on all their social media uh, platforms this morning. And my voice was actually featured in it, in which earlier this season, I predicted that the Washington football team, it would take a miracle for them to have a winning record and would most likely be drafting in the top five. And they put it in there as like a brag of like, haha, prove that guy wrong. I mean, you still didn't have a winning record. <laughs> I just want to make that very, very clear. Like, listen, I was wrong. You're not picking within the top five. But like, let's also not get crazy here. Like you won your division with a losing record and, and to a team that literally threw the game on national TV. So, I mean, listen, I, I appreciate the shout out Washington football team, but you know, who, who really won here? But kudos to the Washington football team. They overcame a lot of adversity this year and they have won their division. And hey, as the rules state, you win the division, you get to host a playoff game. Now, last night was a travesty of a football game, not only because it was a primetime NFC East game, but the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles down three literally pulled Jalen Hurts, who, yes, did not have the greatest game, but in no way, shape, or form could that have justified putting in their third string QB. Alex Smith, 162 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. The Washington football team also had three sacks and two interceptions on the night. And really, that's what this team is about, right? Their defense has emerged as one of the better defenses in the entire league. You have guys like Montez Sweat, of course, Chase Young, and they have been terrorizing QBs all year. 
So now this weekend, Washington will host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Chase Young said, I want Brady. I want him. I want Tom. And he wasn't talking about me. And while it is embarrassing that the Washington football team had this bad of a record to win their division and just the embarrassment of the NFC East overall, listen, they made it to the dance. It honestly, these rankings, whatever seeding you are, does not matter. You are a wild card team and you win three games, you are in the Super Bowl. So honestly, it's a fresh start for everybody. That being said, their offense, it does have some firepower. They can put up points, whether it's with the run game or whether it's through the air with Alex Smith. However, these past few weeks, the Washington football team has not looked like a good football team. I don't really think they have a ton of momentum coming in. I am not going to put it past them for them to actually beat the Buccaneers. But at the same time, overall, I do think the Washington football team is the worst team to enter the playoffs this year. Doesn't mean diddly squat, though, if they wind up winning the whole thing. Oh, God, are they going to win the whole thing? Number 13. You got the Chicago Bears. Yep, there you go, Bears. You made it. You snuck in. Not because you won against the Packers, but because the Cardinals lost. But listen, as I said with the Washington football team, you made it to the dance, and that's all that matters. And listen, let's be completely honest here. That game with the Packers was a close game up until the fourth quarter. The Bears were able to take advantage of a couple of miscues from the Green Bay Packers whether it was Tavon Austin fumbling or just getting pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Yes, you only had one sack with Khalil Mack, but there was constant pressure in Rodgers' face. That being said, that secondary, who didn't also have Jalen Johnson, got torn up by Aaron Rodgers, who got four touchdowns on the day. In addition, the defense didn't take advantage of other opportunities. They had multiple dropped interceptions. Trubisky was okay, 252 yards, one interceptions. Montgomery was great and was able to thankfully escape without injury. And this is another team. The Chicago Bears have a very good defense, one of the best in the NFC. So their success is going to be completely and totally contingent on Mitch Trubisky and that offense. Montgomery has been doing really well over the past few weeks. Trubisky has been supported by a good power running game. And listen, there are another ones. They can go on a run. They are going to be playing the New Orleans Saints, who I think they match up pretty decent with especially if they have guys like Jalen Johnson back. It's all going to be about making Drew Brees uncomfortable. So I don't think it's completely outside of the realm of possibility that the Bears actually beat the Saints. However, past that point, it's really going to depend on the arm of Mitch Trubisky. Number 12, you got the LA Rams. 18-7 win over the cards, and that was with barely any Kyler Murray whatsoever. Jared Goff had surgery on his finger, and so instead you had John Wolford coming in under center. And he's pretty decent. He's a little bit more mobile than Jared Goff. He threw over 231 yards, had an interception, but was also able to run for over 50 yards. Nothing too crazily impressive. In addition, they also didn't have Cooper Cup, which was a big loss for them. And at the end of the day, similar to the teams below them, what it's going to come down to is that defense. Rams racked up four sacks for the defense and an interception, and they're another team. Their defense is very, very good. However, they are held back by their offense. So the Rams will be taking on the Seattle Seahawks, a rematch from a couple of weeks ago, and they're hoping to have a different result. You have Russell Wilson in a very high-powered offense, which... For the most part, the Rams were able to keep under wraps. The problem is if Russell Wilson starts going and that offense starts clicking, I don't know if the Rams have the offensive firepower to respond. Number 11, you got the Tennessee Titans. Ooh, you had a close game with the Texans. They made it scary, but Derrick Henry saved the day. 34 carries, 250 yards, and two touchdowns. Achieved over 2,000 rushing yards from the season, which is... That's an accomplishment and is well-deserved and deserves to be 
applauded. AJ Brown had himself a day as well, 10 for 151 yards and one touchdown. And what it comes down to is the defense. So we just talked about three teams whose defenses kind of define them and they have some struggling offenses. Yeah, the Titans usually don't struggle on offense unless they're playing in Lambeau Field in the snow. It's their defense that makes them incredibly vulnerable. This defense is very, very bad, especially that secondary. And so if you get some of these high-powered offenses like you saw with the Packers a couple of weeks ago, it's gonna be very, very difficult for them to go toe-to-toe with these teams. They're playing the Ravens this week who just got done rushing for over 400 yards on the Bengals. And so this could be problematic. The Ravens are a very hot football team who are peaking at the right time heading into the playoffs. And it's gonna be a battle. The Titans are gonna have to look for a spark on defense to be able to get them through because they are not gonna be able to match up against teams like the Chiefs. Number 10, you got the Indianapolis Colts who are ranking just above the Tennessee Titans, and it's because of their defense. The Colts scored 20 points in the first half and then pretty much cruised against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Rivers was okay, 17 for 27, 164 yards, one touchdown and one interception. The day was really ruled by Jonathan Taylor, 30 carries for 253 yards and two touchdowns, similar stat lines to Derrick Henry. The Colts were able to also rack up six sacks in that game. And again, the Colts, they are able to shut down teams. However, they can also allow a lot of points. You look at the Packers game again. The Packers were able to roll all over that defense in the first half and then did absolutely nothing and were anemic in the second half. The Colts are a very hot and cold team, but listen, now they're in the playoffs. They only need to be hot for three more games and they can find themselves in the Super Bowl. Inside the top 10 at number nine, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady, 399 yards, four touchdowns, one interception against the Atlanta Falcons. Antonio Brown get involved, 11 catches, 138 yards, and two touchdowns. Godwin as well, five receptions, over 100 yards, and two touchdowns. However, the story of that game, of course, is Mike Evans being injured, which would be a huge blow for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They obviously have other weapons that they can rely upon, but losing Mike Evans is pretty significant heading into the playoffs. They're going against a very good defense in the Washington football team, and they are also on the road. I wonder if this is going to be a similar game to what you saw against the Chicago Bears. Obviously, the Buccaneers had more people injured at that point, but... It's going to be a pretty cold game, and on top of that, they're going up against a very good defense. The Buccaneers' offense can be incredibly explosive. Their defense has been lacking a bit, but if there's anything I know, it's not to bet on Tom Brady, so... Great. Number eight, you got the Cleveland Browns. Browns fans, you did it. You ended an 18-year playoff drought. Congratulations. One of the main reasons you were able to do it is because of this man right here, Nick Chubb, who had a nice day on Sunday, 108 yards and one touchdown. And they were able to beat the Steelers, who obviously did not start Big Ben. And Mason Rudolph was able to kind of crawl back into that, which could be a little concerning. But at the end of the day, the Browns had to win and they were in and they did just that. But for the Browns to not be a wild card exit, they really need to focus on that run game. In some of the games that they've lost, they've gotten away from the run for whatever reason, like against the Jets. You also need that defense to step up big time. You need Miles Garrett to get involved, get in the quarterback space, and you need that young secondary to take advantage of QBs. Ben Roethlisberger has been hot and cold this season. He's had games where he looks like he's incredible, and then there's other games where he looks abysmal. The Browns need to force him to have a bad game in order to have a chance. The Steelers really don't have that much of a running game, and so I think it is possible for the Browns to beat the Steelers, but they need to put it in a better performance than they did this past Sunday. Number seven, you got the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
As we just talked about, they rested Ben Roethlisberger. And in the fourth quarter, they definitely did make a good attempt at a comeback. I mentioned this before, though, that they really do not have a run game to speak of. James Conner has really not done a whole lot this year. As I mentioned before, the Steelers don't really have a run game, but that's kind of been the story of this season. Instead, they're relying on their receivers, guys like Chase Claypool or Deontay Johnson, or of course, Juju Smith-Schuster when he's not dancing. The Steelers' defense was still able to rack up four sacks in the game against the Browns, and now they have an opportunity to kick them out of the playoffs. This should be a very, very good football game in which either team can win. The Steelers just have to bring back some of that good juju from the beginning of the year. And I also mean that for the wide receiver too. Number six, you got the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I know some people might have a problem with me ranking the Ravens this high, but baby, it's all that momentum and they destroyed the Bengals. It was ugly. The Ravens defense only allowed three points, had two interception, but 404 rushing yards for the Ravens offense on the day. We mentioned J.K. Dobbins last week that he's had five straight games for the touchdown. Well, make that six. 13 carries, 160 yards, and two touchdowns for J.K. Dobbins. Lamar Jackson, 10 for 18 for 113 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. The Ravens went through that middle period where they were not looking like a good football team, but they seem to have had a resurgence as of late, and they are peaking at the perfect time. You want to have all that momentum heading into the playoffs, and now they go against a very terrible Titans defense, which I know they also want revenge from last year's divisional round, and honestly, I think they have a really good chance of getting that revenge. Heading into the top five with number five, you got the Seattle Seahawks. A low-scoring game for the most part against the San Francisco 49ers, and then both teams decided to open it up in the fourth quarter. Wilson, 20 for 36, 181 yards, and two touchdowns. His favorite target of the day was Tyler Lockett, 12 receptions for 90 yards, two touchdowns, and, hey, that defense even got three sacks. No one is doubting the explosive offense of the Seattle Seahawks. There's just so many weapons that Wilson can go to. The question is going to be is how that defense is going to hold up against some of those really, really great offenses. That's kind of been the weak spot of the Seattle Seahawks throughout the year. Russell Wilson every now and then has kind of a meh game, but they're usually still able to pull it out. But the Seattle Seahawks have the LA Rams coming into town, a team that they just beat a couple of weeks ago. Probably not going to have Jared Goff, so I think the Seahawks should be able to take this one and their explosive offense into the divisional round. Number four, you got the New Orleans Saints. Oh, they tore up the Panthers. And this is the kind of Drew Brees you wanted to see. 22 for 32, 201 yards, three touchdowns. Had no running backs to speak of, except for former Packers running back, Ty Montgomery. 18 carries for 105 yards. Good for you, Ty Montgomery. In addition, that defense made life miserable for the Panthers. Five total interceptions, two on Bridgewater, also rallied up three sacks. And this is the kind of performance that makes the New Orleans Saints a dangerous football team. When they are clicking, they are very, very difficult to stop. And this is without any of their running backs. They are a well-built football team, and they are also made for the playoffs. The one thing I will say, though, is that clinching the number two seed might be problematic because if they have to go on the road in Lambeau at the end of January to face the Packers in the NFC Championship game, ooh, that might get ugly. But right now, they're going to have to deal with another NFC North playoff team, and that is the Chicago Bears, whose defense could give this high-flying offense some problems. But we'll see if the Saints are able to make it out alive. Number three. You got the Green Bay Packers. As I said before, close game with the Bears until the very, very end. And I think the thing that I really take out of this game is this has now been the second time that the Packers have responded to adversity. Last week, you had the Titans game in which the Titans were able to rally back a little bit, scoring right before half and right after half. And we're like, "Uh uh-oh, is it going to be a repeat of the Colts game? But they were able to shut them down. Packers, the Bears hung around for quite some time. They had adversity with that big fumble. 
they, they also had MVS drop a major touchdown. However, they were able to come rally in the fourth quarter and put this game to bed. Rodgers was incredible. The run game was pretty damn good, and the defense stepped up as well. The biggest thing from that game, though, is the fact that they got home field advantage. The road to the Super Bowl is going to run through Lambeau Field. The Packers have to win two more games, and they are in the Super Bowl. It cannot be understated how critical home field advantage is in Lambeau Field in January. And I think just that alone gives the Packers a really, really good shot at making it to the Super Bowl once again. Number two, you got the Kansas City Chiefs. Ah, they started Chad Henney. Not really seeing any starters. They lost to the Chargers, but honestly, it doesn't really mean diddly squat here. It's an inconsequential game, and it's really hard to justify me ranking them any lower than number two because we all know how good Patrick Mahomes and that team actually is. I have no doubts that the Chiefs will be ready in the divisional round for whatever poor soul is going to be coming to Arrowhead as the Chiefs attempt to win back-to-back Lombardis. Number one, yeah, I'm keeping you at number one, you table-breaking sons of guns. You got the Buffalo Bills. Oh, man. The Buffalo Bills. In which it was going to be a close game, right? The Dolphins have everything to play for. Playoff spot on the line. Bills, not a ton to play for. Could clinch the number two seed. Were they really going to start their starters? But, oh, God, they embarrassed the Miami Dolphins. Made that defense look like Swiss cheese. 56-20 to 20 victory. Allen, 18 for 25, 224 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis had ridiculous stats. Two receptions for 107 yards and a touchdown. That defense forced three interceptions, forcing Tua to go, oh, maybe this league isn't so easy. The Bills scored 28 points alone in the second half. The Buffalo Bills over the past month have arguably played the best football. They have blown out teams that they should have blown out, and they have beaten good teams. The Buffalo Bills right now are one of the most dangerous teams in football, and I think are the best shot at knocking off the Kansas City Chiefs. Unfortunately, if that were to happen, they're going to have to go to Arrowhead, but the Bills have put themselves in great position to potentially go and get themselves a Super Bowl. And I know there's a lot going on right now, but the fact that they are allowing some fans to enter the stadium to watch the Buffalo Bills play, I think that's going to be really uplifting for Buffalo and its fans. But let me know what you think down in the comments below. How do you rank these guys? Who do you think is the best team heading into the playoffs? Let me know what you think. You can always find me at TomGrossyComedy.com or TomGrossyComedy, all social media you see down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and of course YouTube. And a big shout and thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com slash TomGrossyComedy and the YouTube members. But thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassi. And as always, Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go!